Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number six of No Manuals for This Life by your boy, Sean Cleveland. Today's episode is entitled, All I Am is a Man. So on today's episode, I'm going to talk about a topic that is very important to me. It's my feelings on what being a man means, the principles that I try to follow and that I'm trying to instill in my son by showing him what it looks like. I often say the phrase, all I am is a man. So on today's show, I will break down what that means to me when I say it. Being a black man in America has always been hard and raising a black boy to become a man in America is even harder. So I just wanted to put some of my perspectives about it out there because maybe someone needs to hear it as a father or maybe a young man needs to hear it as a son. The key to that statement that everyone needs to understand before I delve deeper into it is the fact that whenever I say it, I'm acknowledging that all I am is a flawed male human being, someone that makes mistakes, someone that has errors in judgment, someone that sometimes might hurt the ones that he loves. Like I always say, we are all flawed by design because there are no perfect people. But what we cannot cling to are those flaws as an excuse because they will become a crutch and hinder our growth as people. So to prevent this from happening to me, first I had to define to myself personally what I believe being a man means and represents, especially since that's all that I am. But before we go there, let me give you guys a poem that will hopefully set the tone for the remainder of the show. It's a poem entitled, All I Am Is A Man, by your boy, Sean Cleveland. Like everyone else, I am born from a woman, fragile at birth, innocent before anything else at first, waiting to be molded, sometimes needing to be scolded, sometimes aggressive, maybe a tad bit possessive, sometimes demanding, but I can also be wise, supportive, and understanding. Forged from the core of the earth and my spirit of fire that drives my self-worth. Volatile at times, especially in defense of those that I love, connected by those ties that bond for which nothing is above. Able to be so many things to so many people on demand. A son, a brother, a father, a husband, a friend. But all I really am is a man. There are some key elements that must be present in my definition as a man. And I live these things every day as I take care of and support the people that I love. A man recognizes, acknowledges, and willingly commits to his responsibilities. Personally, I look at it like this. I'm a man in a relationship, and with that comes a certain set of responsibilities. I've made a conscious choice to connect myself to someone else's life. In doing that as a man, I have a list of things that I automatically know that I must do with her and for her. It is a partnership where I am committed to sharing my space with her, my feelings and ideas with her, my finances, and my strength. I'm in it with both feet. I instinctively want to protect her, and this is not to diminish her in any way or say that she cannot protect herself. She is a loved one now, 
So I'm compelled because of how I look at the situation to stand up for her when she needs me to and to stand beside her the rest of the time. I want to be her support system. And to me, that means that when she falls down, I lift her up. When she cannot do something, I do it for her. And when she is enthusiastic about something, then I am enthusiastic about it too because it matters to her and she matters to me. And at those times when she's down, all the way down as low as she could get and not ready to get up on her own or can't get up on her own, I will get down there with her so she knows that she is not alone in whatever it is and whatever she's feeling. Because as a man, I've committed to her and we're in it together. I believe that a man should be sensitive to the needs of the people in his life that matter to him. It's okay to be compassionate, considerate, and soft around the edges sometimes, especially when your loved ones need you to be. One of the biggest things a man must do is be present and active in his child's life. Raise the children that you helped create that did not ask to be here. Even when you cannot do a lot financially for the child, you need to still be there in his or her life. Be tangible, someone that they can physically see actually talk to and lean on for support when they need it like children will. Be an actual person that they can get to know and not just some kind of apparition or ghost that they know of or have heard stories with relation to. When I speak on this subject, it always reminds me of an interesting encounter I had in my past. Let me share a story with you guys. To me, it's almost like an anecdote because it blew my mind when it actually took place. Listen to this. I had a conversation with an older gentleman and he said to me that he resented his child's mother because he felt like she forced him to have a kid that he did not wanna have at that point in his life. And that confused me for a second. So he asked why I looked so confused about what he said. So I responded by saying this. This is just my opinion, but I believe that the woman decides if the two of you will have sex and the man decides whether or not you guys are going to have or make a child. He got so upset. I was like, what do you mean? I wanted her to have an abortion because I'm too old for a new baby or a newborn. I'm over 50. She told me I couldn't tell her what to do. It's her body. So now I'm stuck. Now I got a kid. I have a one-year-old. And I'm close to 50, actually close to 60. Yo, I, I smiled a little bit, not trying to upset him any further, but I was like, yo, she's right. It is her body. And once she's pregnant, she has the final say on what to do with her body. Then I said, so let me ask you a question. So if you did not want to have a child, why didn't you use protection? Well, why didn't you just not ejaculate inside of her? You as the man have almost complete control over where you put your semen. So if you don't want to have a baby, then don't put your semen in her vagina. It's crazy to me how people get so caught up in situations and don't exercise the power that they have in a situation. And then blame everyone else when something goes wrong or when the situation goes in a direction that they didn't want it to go in. When at the beginning of the whole scenario, they could have decided or made a different choice and it wouldn't have happened in the first place. It was completely up to them. 
Okay. So say she does get pregnant by the accident or by accident. So as a man, I still have to step up and take responsibility for the product of that act or that accident, which will be a child. And I have to find a way to hopefully peacefully coexist with the baby's mother now, who could be somebody I barely know or don't even want a relationship with. That's why I have this firm rule of thumb that I readily pass on to young men. It goes like this. Basically, if you are not prepared for the possibility of having and raising a child with the woman that you're about to have sex with, then don't have sex with her. Keep your weapon to yourself and don't fire any shots. If you absolutely can't resist the temptation, then wear protection that you brought yourself. That way, no holes can be poked in it. No tampering can be done. But also remember, even with the protection on, do not fire any shots until you are outside of her vagina because you never know. So let's say the shots get fired or have been fired and the child is here. Now as a man, you need to be present in that child's life so you can learn to be a daddy that that child needs you to be for so many things. She's going to need a father. He's going to need a dad. So give that child time, attention, and love. However you know how to because it's the job when it comes to raising a little person. A young man will have a much easier time growing up if he has a solid, present, dedicated father figure in his life that wants to be there. And a young girl will get the nurturing she needs and wants that she needs to see come from a man so that she does not spend her life trapped in the cycle of looking for the father that she never had and all these bad guys that will waste her time and potentially destroy her life. And remember, it's okay not to know what to do. We all go through that same thing. Like the title of this show says, there are no manuals that make it miraculously simple to raise a kid. Just be there, just be present, be positive, be supportive. And yes, all you are is a man, but try to be one that people can rely on, that the people who matter most to you can count on. That's what I think a man is. So let's switch it up. On this part of the show, I'm going to switch it up to the idea of choices and what I think contributes to the choices we make, especially since I was talking about the topic of being a man. People have to choose to be a man. You're not just simply born a man because you have a penis. You're not simply born a man because somebody designates you as such. You have to make choices within your life, within yourself that create a character that fits into what you believe a man is. All right, so... Let's get into this. We are going to discuss choices and why I believe people do what they do. We can relate it to relationships. We can relate it to everyday interactions. It's just my overall idea about why we as human beings do the things that we do or make the decisions that we make. 
Now, the reason I bring this topic up is because I have this conversation and this, this discussion a lot with a lot of younger people and a lot of my older friends. And it, I always found it interesting. So this is how I look at it. I look at it like this. See, human beings by design have this innate need to believe in something bigger than themselves. We all need to believe in something bigger than ourselves. And in doing that, be it your faith, your spirituality, whatever it is. Now, when you break that down, that belief system, and then we go into decision making and choices, I have reduced it to this idea. And this is my perspective. I believe that every decision that every one of us makes is because of one of or two reasons. It is either to get away from something we're afraid of or to gain something that brings us pleasure. So what I'm saying is every choice that we make in our daily lives, every single decision we make is either to get away from something that gives us fear or pain or to get to something that we derive pleasure from or we believe gives us joy. I firmly feel like that. So every decision from the cup of coffee that you choose, the the color that you wear most often, the way you're going to put your hair up, the way you say hello today, the way you speak to who you speak to today. I think every decision we make and every choice we make can be tied to those things. And I lead off with that to go into how those choices and the decisions we make because of those two reasons, how they connect us to people in our relationships and the way we handle our relationships. And the way those things affect us because of the decision we made before we got into those connections in the first place. Was it a decision to connect with that person because I was afraid, like afraid to be alone, afraid not to speak, afraid not to go through this or afraid to go through this again, something I've been through before? Or do I believe that, oh, I'll get extreme pleasure from this person. My connection to them will bring me joy. Or this reminds me of something that makes me happy. So that's why I decided to do it. That was why I made this choice or made this decision. These are the realms I'm exploring. And I will connect it to relationships. We will also go into my idea of, you know, how people always say you're a good person. Go influence that bad person. Go help them change their lives. Oh, they're a lazy, procrastinating person, and you're a go-getter. Go spend time with them. Help them change their lives. What we fail to understand is that it's a two-way street, meaning influence is a two-way street. So if this good person connects to this bad person and they stay connected, yeah, the good person may rub off on them, may help them change, but you best believe Some of that bad person and those bad behaviors will influence that good person as well. It is definitely a two-way street, but we don't see it like that. We get so blinded by our, we're so, hmm, human beings can be very self-absorbed and very self-centered. And it's not to say it's deliberate. It's not even something we do consciously most times. We just get caught up in our own selves, which can be both good and bad. Hmm. Let's take a break for a quick second and then let's speak about it again some more. Just wanted to hopefully give some food for thought before 
going into the topic of people, places, and things, because the people we choose to connect ourselves to, the places we decide to go, and the things that we choose to do dramatically affect our lives. So let's start with the people that you associate with or hang around. See, so many of us are very short-sighted, and a lot of us are a little arrogant without even realizing it. We as people believe that we can and should have the right to influence our family or our friends or even our coworkers' opinions as well as the direction of their lives. So sometimes while caught up in this not-so-true-at-all belief of ours, we find ourselves connected to questionable people or not-so-good people or just outright bad people. What we don't always see is that those connections reflect on us as well. People are oftentimes judged by the company that they keep. The people that you choose to spend your time with are seen as a reflection of something about you. The biggest problem with hanging with bad individuals or individuals that do things that you don't agree with and think that you can change is that influence is a two-way street. As hard as you're trying to change them and make them a better person or fix the flaws that you see, oftentimes unnoticed by you, is the fact that some of their bad behaviors are rubbing off on you too. The people that we spend the most time with, for whatever the reasons are, have the most influence on us. And because of this, we need to choose our friends wisely. Choose the people we associate with wisely. Choose the people that we connect with romantically wisely. I know we can't choose our family. No, we didn't get to pick our parents. No, we didn't get to pick our cousins or our brothers and sisters. I get that. But you can still choose whether or not to hang around them, the ones who aren't so good for you, the ones that don't have your best interest at heart, the ones who you want to change. Remember, trying to change them may ultimately change you as well. Influence is a two-way street. Okay, and now as we switch it up, let's look at places. Now, the places you choose to hang out, the places you choose to frequent, the places you choose to go, the places you spend most of your time, those places too will have some influence on you. Those places will also give an impression of who you are or how you are. Those places will fundamentally affect the look of your character, the foundation of your character. I know most people think this might seem weird. What are you talking about, Sean? People, places, and things. and Places. How does a place affect who you are? Okay. Think about it like this. So you ever heard the concept wrong place, wrong time? That doesn't just refer to an instant for me. Like if something goes down and you're in a place that you shouldn't be, Think about it like this. What if you're a good kid in a bad area, but you're always in a bad area because that's where you hang out? So it's more likely for something bad to happen in what is considered a bad area if that's a place where things go wrong often. Okay, so just like with the problem of addiction, which is usually what the concept of people, places, and things normally refers to or connects to, the people you hang out with or connect to, the places that you frequent, and the things that you do dramatically influence your life as a whole. And as a black man living in today's America, I must be so much more conscious of all the things that I do, of every one of these things. 
the people, the places, and the things I do. My choices with regard to these three things can either reduce or increase the likelihood of me having to deal with a situation that could cost me my freedom or worse yet, my life. So I carefully pick the people that I associate with and spend time around. I consider the places and what's happening in and around those places before I visit them and the things that I decide to do as well. I try to always consider the consequences of those actions. Of course, I don't always make the right decisions because no one does. But my level of awareness and preparation helped me make fewer bad or poorly thought out decisions. And to all of my fathers out there, in particular, my men responsible for raising black boys, I would like to pay this advice forward. Just a series of things I believe we need to do, we have to do, we are responsible to do as black men. Teach your sons that it's okay to believe in your own strength and self-worth. Teach your sons that oftentimes the strongest enemy he will face will come from within himself because the world teaches young black men to doubt and despise themselves. Self-hate is real, and we must learn to fight it from within ourselves. Show him and tell him that you love him. Let him know that his strength and power are not connected to his muscles and his ability to overpower others that look like him. But instead, his strength and power will grow out of his ability to stand up for himself and others when the world expects him not to do so. Tell him to love his black women because she has always been his strength and the glue that has helped sustain the black family. Teach him a true value system where he's expected to respect his elders, nurture both his woman and his children, a system that demands certain levels of selfless responsibility in certain situations from him, such as he is responsible for supporting and protecting his family, himself, and the community that he calls his home. Teach him that his pride should not be bigger than his humility and that his patience must be long. Let's teach and treat our sons like they are treasures of great value because that's what they are. That's my take on being a man. So that's today's episode. And here I am again, your boy, Sean Cleveland, for No Manuals for This Life, signing out. And as in parting as always, Thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening. Much respect. Deuces.